You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. boys are back, back. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception Reception the Show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Go, Matt Harmon here with you, and you're listening to Reception Perception, the show. Matt, my guy, how are you feeling on this beautiful Wednesday evening? I'm feeling great, man. Uh, you know, it's week seven. We're in the thick of it. I feel like we have a really good um, sense of where teams are, you know, where, where teams are heading. Um, but, of course, a lot of changes will happen. What we know now, what we think now will look very, very stupid and <laughs> um, you know, November, December, stuff like that. But right. I at least think we have a general outline of who's good, who's bad again, like what direction teams are going. So this is really kind of um, you know, my favorite time to start talking about teams and stuff like that and, and talking about players, obviously, uh, from micro sense, because we just have so much more information than we did even in like week three or four or something like that. We just we, we got a good sense of where things are going at this point. Yeah, I think we've got a really good handle, I think, on coaching staffs, I think is really yeah. – what it comes down to because there's so much coaching change in the off season. You just don't know, you know, and that was, I think an integral part of me wondering whether or not Denver could actually suck this year. Um, and, <laughs> and I, and I actually put that out there, you know, I, I said in, in mid August, I'm like, Hey man, Denver could suck cause their coaching staff could suck. And we don't know. Yeah. We have mm-hmm. no idea whether or not Nathaniel Hackett is going to be good. And as we found, found have, have come to find out, Hackett is not that good. <laughs> but it's still early in his, in his career um, as a head man as well. So again, I'm not burying the guy quite as of yet. But yeah, obviously early returns have not looked good uh, there in mile high. Um, speaking of mile high, should we just get right into it? Um, you did some in-season tracking. And again, this is such a cool feature, man, on the website. Um, if you guys have followed Matt and his work, you know that, Hey, listen, um, reception perception tracks, all these guys. Okay. So much of it is done in the off season. And for the very first time here in 2022, in this season, we are doing, I shouldn't say we, Matt is doing <laughs> some in-season charting of some high-profile guys, um, and I think that is really, really interesting, man. Um, and let's start with Cortland Sutton there. Give me some of your early season findings. Yeah, you know, you talked about how you, you said that the Broncos might suck because the coaching staff, uh, you know, had there's, there's a lot of inexperience, right? I mean, all these guys Correct. are moving up a peg from from where they have never been, you know, quite in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And and for me, my big skepticism on the Broncos was I don't think I never thought that the talent on this team was as good as everybody was was saying it. I didn't think that, you know, oh, this was just a group of studs waiting for, you know, Russell Wilson, it which is it seems crazy now to say like Russell Wilson's this guy because he just hasn't been this guy at all this year. But, you know, just like that godsend level quarterback is going to come down here and save all of these secret superstars. Like I didn't feel that way coming into this season. And I definitely don't feel that way now after six weeks of football. Right. Like and I think Cortland Sutton's the one guy who's been the most consistent player on this offense. Um, but I still think it's really hard to funnel a good passing offense through a guy that doesn't separate at a high level like Cortland Sutton. You know, you look at him in um, 65.4% success rate versus man coverage. You know, that's kind of right below the NFL average. It's not terrible. Uh, It's not as bad as he was 
uh, last season when he was in his first year coming off an ACL tear, um, 69% success rate versus press. That's a pretty decent step up again from where he was last year, but it's a decidedly right around average to slightly above average number. And then his success rate versus zone coverage has really been terrible, but I don't think is I don't think the route concepts in Denver are very good at this point either. So that could be a part of it, but basically Cortland Sutton, good receiver, but at his best, I would say he's an average to maybe slightly above average, but I don't think he's been a slightly above average separator since maybe like his peak 2019 season when he really took a nice step in reception perception. Now, we know he can win contested. He makes big plays uh, down the field uh, in the contested game. I actually think the, the best things that he – his best routes – are actually like slant routes and dig routes over the middle of the field. And and that's where we, hit, we have seen a decent bit of uh, big plays from him that haven't been downfield contested plays come on those over-the-middle routes. I do think he has good timing with Russ on like the scramble drills. I think he's kind of the only receiver that's figured that out at this point. But, you know, like I said, I think it's very hard to funnel a – like funnel a ton of targets through a guy like this and still be a high-quality passing offense. And, you know, despite – um, Courtney Sutton's fantasy numbers this year, despite the fact that he's been a, a pretty steady producer, I would pose, I pose the question in his reception perception profile on the website for the in season tracking. I pose this question to you, James, do you think the Denver Broncos have been a good passing offense despite Courtney <laughs> Sutton's production this year? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, no, no, they have been awful. Uh, they have been absolutely awful. And Hey, listen, man, I could sit here and tell you, Oh, in August I was calling I, look, nobody, Thought it was going to be this bad. Yeah, no, yeah, no, this is way no worse than I thought. One. Way worse. I mean, come on, you know. I mean, it's so bad. It's like shocking. That's why it's a story. Is that it's mm-hmm. shocking how bad this offense is. Um, and to be honest with you, I think they've run the ball pretty well. You know. Yeah. It's just that their passing game is just the stone cold worst. It's so bad. It just makes no sense uh, whatsoever. Hey, you know, I was going through his 2021 uh, reception perception profile, Matt, and I got to be honest with you, I just was really surprised by how bad he was in terms of success rate on the nine route. I mean, mm-hmm. if there is anywhere where you're saying, oh, Cortland Sutton is a beast, it, it, it's internally you feel like, okay, without looking at like the, the, the deep dive analytics, you're saying, okay, well, Cortland Sutton's good downfield. Your numbers suggest otherwise. Yeah, no, I think because I think he's a good downfield contested player. Like, and that's the thing, right? Like, you can he can still win on those plays even if he's not open. Like, he can win contested catches. You know, I think that's uh, it's obviously I think the strength of his game is he's a 50-50 ball receiver. He's very similar. Like, he's on that same axis of receivers as like a Mike Williams type of guy. Although I think Mike Williams is a little bit better than Cortland Sutton. Um, right. But you know, Mike Williams, like he's another guy that I think the Chargers have struggled to. F- to feature a consistent passing offense without Keenan Allen, because Mike Williams is an like people think Mike Williams can't separate at all. I think Mike Williams is again, like kind of a, a league average separator and he's really, he's really good in contested situations. Just, just like Cortland Sutton is. So I think you kind of look at him as like a discount version of Mike Williams, which is great. Like Mike Williams can put up big, big games when he has a big time quarterback. Like, unfortunately at this point, Corton Sutton doesn't have a big time quarterback. He has a guy in Russell Wilson who's ranked 23rd right now in quarterbacks and EPA per dropback, like it, which is definitely worse than I, I thought it would have been. You know, and I agree with you that I was pessimistic about the Russell Wilson experience in Denver. I was really low on all of these receivers just as individual right. talents. Uh, you know, Jerry Judy, he's doing nothing, even though he's complaining about it, he's open on the sideline. I think Jerry Judy's kind of a, He's an overrated player. Quentin Sun's overrated player. Like, and then they just don't have anybody. The, the problem is like after those two guys, it's just a huge drop off. I mean, KJ Hamler's made a couple splash plays. I do think right. Greg Dulcich is interesting. The rookie tight end who, man, they, they've been telegraphing for a long time that they wanted Greg Dulcich to be that guy. Like, so maybe he right. can help a little bit, but you know, we're talking about like Kendall Hinton and a bunch of like roster bottom feeders uh, beyond the two guys after Tim Patrick got hurt. The Tim Patrick injury was definitely a huge deal for this team. So I don't think they were that deep. <laughs> which, and then, which by the way, that's not good. Cause I know that's listen, not good. Yeah. I like Tim Patrick. I do, but he's kind of like in that, like Darius Slayton tier, right? Where you're like, yeah, for hey, real. good yeah, for sure. professional wide receiver. But you know, again, a, a replaceable should be a replaceable piece. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's not a one. He's not, I think he's maybe like a, a decent two. Like, mm-hmm. I think all these guys at their best are decent twos. Like, uh, you know, but not but not special players. Like, I, if I sat down here, I would say this. If, you, if you're sitting down and you're ranking wide receivers, it's really, really hard to feel like you, you, 
you know, top 10, top 20, top 15, whatever. And you feel like you didn't leave somebody off. Like you did it wrong. You need to try it again because there's just so many good wide receivers. I think I could do a top 20 receiver list and, and not put Cortland Sutton, like real life NFL receivers, not fantasy receivers. Although I don't have Cortland Sutton inside my top 20 receivers rest of the season either. <laughs> but um, I, I don't think, I think I could do a top 20 receiver, real life list NFL. Like I talked about on the last podcast, maybe that's something I'll do at some point on uh, receptionperception.com. And I don't think I'd have Cortland Sutton among the top 20. And I think I'd feel pretty comfortable with that. Uh, right now he is uh, producing at a pretty high rate, right? He's seeing 8.2 targets per game, 5.2 receptions, not a very good 63.3% catch rate. That's not very good. Um, 8.8 yards per target as well. So um, his A dot looks, you know, it looks like what you would expect from a downfield threat, nearly uh, 12 yards of average depth of target there, uh, seeing mm-hmm. about 97 air yards per game. So that's, again, the, the, those are all numbers from a volume standpoint that you would say, okay, that that looks like your prototypical number one wide receiver. But I think to your point, okay, so he is the number one and he's seeing number one volume. Unfortunately, he's not producing and lifting the offense, like you're saying, uh, as a number one wide receiver would do. That's that is definitely my biggest problem. And you look at like his biggest games week two against Houston Texans week three against the San Francisco 49ers, 11 targets um, against Houston, 10 targets against the San Francisco 49ers. And like I said, those are his biggest games. Those are games where Jerry Judy was was limited, was hurt. Um, you know, he, Jerry Judy came back against the Raiders and he was, you know, sub sub 60 yards, but did catch a touchdown in that game. So. I think a lot of it has just been volume because he is the he's the most consistent player, like the steadiest guy to project on a route by route basis. Like I think Jerry Judy still has really high highs, but also has really he has like really middling reps as well. So um, I think yeah, I agree with you that from a fantasy angle, like yeah, I'm I still think Sutton would be a good guy to sell, like get out of it, especially because you know Russ has got like a new injury every week, like you know <laughs> is he is he going is he going full Big Ben on us here? He is. is <laughs> he's doing a little bit of a Big Ben like cosplay type of thing, which is not what you want, right? Like oh well, you know my hamstring, my my shoulder, all this stuff, and you know he's not even saying is like let's ride at the end of the press conference anymore. Um, I, I would love to know how long him and his PR people. Uh, went over like should we say let's ride if we're at this record <laughs> oh god that, if we're at this record like all that stuff but you know regardless the the, oh. the situation in denver is just real like that's a bad offensive ecosystem right now and i don't want to be invested in it at any level even in a guy like Corton sutton who you know this this is like there's a chance the wheels could fall off this thing right like that's maybe they oh, get yeah. better but i don't know man i'm i'm pretty skeptical and you know, right now, if you could cash in on like his big start to the season, I think you do it just because I don't think he is a special talent. I think he's a solid, like fine start. If you're getting away with him as a starting receiver, I think that's fine. But I, I don't <laughs> I don't see him as any more than that. You know, it's you know, what's crazy, too, is uh, you, you talk about getting bailing out while you can. We should have done that with the running backs, too. You know, it's like last oh, week or, God. you know, we're, we're thinking, oh, God, Melvin Gordon, what a matchup taking on. Again, the worst rush defense in the NFL, right? And you're thinking, okay, you got to start Melvin Gordon. God, that game comes around and just an absolute nightmare. Bro, there is no way that Latavius Murray from like just you just signed him off the street. He's what, 32, 33 years old. Like there ain't no chance in hell. Latavius Murray is giving you a better chance to win this football game than Melvin Gordon. I'm sorry. And I get it. Melvin Gordon is not like a world beater, but he hasn't played well this year, really. I mean, other than the fumbles, the fumbles are there too, but also right. just as a runner, I think he's kind of left meat on the bone, but yeah, oh, that, your point is hundred, hundred percent. And he's still better than Latavius Murray. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on. Hey, Latavius kind of gave him a couple good moments, but you know I, i'm with, overall i'm with you i know nobody cares about my fantasy teams but i have to say right. this like um you know i'm in this apex uh writers league i've been in this league for a long time against a bunch of heavy hitters and my team last year just sucked and especially <laughs> early like i think i took uh-huh. you know this is a league where like wide receivers go really really early i think i took like Antonio Gibson, Allen Robinson, and Brandon. I listen to me. I'm really smart. Like all three in a row in the in the league last year, and just got a obl- you know obliterated because those guys not only were they like I mean Ayuk came back around, but like 
and so did Antonio Gibson. But by the end of the season, my team was D-E-D dead at that point. So my team (laughs) sucked last year. Really want to have a good team this year. I was tied with Evan Silva going into Sunday Night Football, 119 to 119. And I I had played Melvin Gordon over Juju Smith-Schuster. And I have Juju on a lot of teams um, just because, like, you know, he was – going to like the eighth round seven eighth round in some spots i felt fine about it there so yeah yeah yeah. um i got a lot got him on a lot of teams and i was did one of those things where like all right i think i was like this is the week for juju for sure he's going against his own heavy defense but i'm too much of a coward i'll play him on like some teams but not all of them this was the one i was like i'll go gordon over over juju and of course if i had played juju i would have won right but he had zeke elliott i had melvin gordon going into Sunday Night Football. Zeke had a pretty good game. I was like, I think I still yeah. got a chance at this. 0.8 oh, yeah. points. I mean, <laughs> F me with freaking Melvin Gordon, bro. Like, come on, man. And 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 then for Nathaniel Hackett to say, like, coming out of this, this week, like, oh, we're going to, you know, he's going to start next week against the Jets. I'm like, yeah, he started last week. So what's, what's to say that, like, oh, Melvin Gordon's going to not have, like, four runs and then Latavius Murray's going to get 15? Who, who knows? I This is, like, a rough, rough situation. I mean, you look at Denver, man, and, like, you come into the season, and I know a lot of people were really high on them, and I know you and I were simpatico and not being quite as high, but still, again, this bottom bottoming out of this Denver Broncos team is is unexpected even for us, and we were pessimists. Yeah. But, but it's like, all of a sudden, it's like a fantasy dead zone. You can't totally, play the yeah. quarterback. You can't. Other than Cortland Sutton, you can't play the wide receivers. You can't play any of the tight ends because they mix them all up. And now you can't even play the damn running backs. Like, Dude. golly, it sucks. Our our guy Ted Lasso uh, in the Discord uh, in the in the Sicko channel, he needed legit like one point three points from Russell Wilson to win in going in like he's like ah, i've lost it's the end of the game but then they went to overtime I was like oh dude you got a chance D- didn't get it nothing 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 absolutely nothing i mean yeah you're right it's it's it is way worse than expected in denver and i just think at some point that has to hurt Cortland sutton who you're right i do think is living off volume and is well but i think it's part of the problem you know troy aikman said it a lot um really on he was kind of ripping him on both sides and i was like yeah you're right because you know, Josh Palmer, the start second receiver for the, the Chargers with Keenan Allen out. He stinks too. And I mean, you know, Troy's saying like nobody's getting open for either of these teams. And yeah, nobody's been getting open for these two teams. And it's not a I'm not I'm not saying that's let Russ off the hook, right? But the reality is that he left two great receivers in Seattle in DK Metcalf right. and Tyler Lockett. And people thought he was coming to two great receivers here in Denver. And I think he's coming to like a fringy wide receiver three in Jerry Judy and a um decent wide receiver two in Cortland Sutton, but there's no one here. And this team's just really easy to stop right now. All, all the way around. Oh my gosh. I can't believe how bad it is in Denver. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. You haven't posted this to the site as of yet, but you have done the tracking for the aforementioned Brandon Ayuk. Uh, right now had an explosion game there in week number six, right? 11 targets. That was a season high. Eight catches, season high. 83 yards, season high. Two touchdowns, season high as well. So a very productive game for Brandon Ayuk. And over his last five games, listen, 
you got to throw that Chicago week one game out. That's just, it was in a torrential downpour monsoon type stuff, like throw it out last five games. Brandon Ayuk, he's seeing seven targets per game, 4.6 receptions per game and 56 yards per game. Not great in terms of the overall production, but what does reception perception tell us about how he's performing on the field? He's so he's so good, James, and he's uh, still such an, okay. Yeah, he's such an incredible player, man. Um, he he's better against zone coverage than he ever has been uh, so far this year. I think he's really. I mean, he's always been a great man beater. Uh, that's always been um, really the strength of his game. Uh, For interception, sure. perception, you know, press man beater. But you know, he took a pretty good jump in success rate versus zone coverage from year one to year two, really mostly doing that damage in the second half of the season, as we've talked about. Um, but so far through the first, uh, his press man scores are, are great, right? But he, even in the couple of games I've sampled so far this year, um, but particularly in the LA Rams game, you know, it wasn't, wasn't a big stats game. Obviously the Falcons when he was great statistically, but he was open against zone coverage all the time. And, there, and I mean, as we know this with the Jimmy Garoppolo experience, like there's going to be right. throws left on the field. Of um, you know, and even even sometimes like you, you'd like design in plays to like Charlie Warner, whoever the hell that is. Ray Ray McLeod, whoever the hell, you know, you got Ray Ray McLeod in there. <laughs> and and it, it's just like, come on, yeah. man, like, let's not waste any any of these Jimmy throws on on people who aren't named Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel or George Kittle. But 82.7 percent right. success rate versus zone in uh, the Rams game and the Falcons game for Brandon Ayuk. Really, I think Pretty he's good. taken a big step there. He, to me, is just – and, you know, Shanahan's talked about this this year. He's like, I think Ayuk is having – he's made the leap. He's he's taken that jump. I don't – he's like, I don't judge – He actually, his exact quote, a little bit paraphrasing here, is like, I don't judge off stats, you know, even if that's just – you know, that's just what – how the perception is made. And I was like, oh, perception, you say, Kyle. Uh, <laughs> I, have a, I have a website you, you might go. be interested in. But, no, I think Ayuk is playing so well. I mean, the problem is in San Francisco – is it just there's never enough passing volume to go around between right. these guys and yeah but i do i will pose this question to you james okay you know with the way the 49ers have are starting to fall apart on the defensive side of the football i mean they have so many injuries Javarius ward crazy. the number one cornerbacks hurt nick bosa's hurt jimmy ward's been injured as well um they they just have they're they, they get their ass kicked by injuries every single year bro i don't know what the deal is there but do you do you think that because last last week you know, Kittle finally had his best game of the season. Ayuk had his best game of the season. Um, you know, even Debo had a decent game. Well, I think Debo's like Debo's left a lot of plays on the field this year, man. And just he makes it makes him up for big plays, but he does leave plays on the field. That's always kind of part of the Debo experience. But um, anyways, just put that aside for a second. Like that was the best game from all these guys statistically, and it's right. no surprise that it comes in a game where they got whooped by the Falcons and Arthur Smith's uh I mean, freight train of an offense. I love Arthur Smith's offense, but do you, do you wonder if like with these guys, if the team starts to fall apart from a decent defensive standpoint, could all of these guys be a little bit better in fantasy because the passing volume will be there because they will be losing. Of course. No, absolutely. And isn't that the central tenant to which we stake all of our Detroit lions claims, right? And our right, Seattle yeah, yeah, Seahawks yeah. too, right? Like, it's like, God, they got to be trailing or in competitive ball games. Um, and because their defenses are so bad, uh, there's just volume to be had everywhere. To me, you look at what the Niners are doing defensively, and they're just, man, even with injuries abound, they are playing their asses off. You know, they, they had a good draft this, uh, this year as well in terms of picking up some defensive pieces there. Um, and I think, yeah, some of these guys like Traverius Ward, who is, by the way, lights out. Uh, you talk about a team missing Traverius Ward in Kansas City, man. Like, good God. Uh, they definitely need him. And he has made a huge impact uh, in the secondary for San Francisco. Overall, I mean, you, you look at you look at what they've done defensively, right? Like, they limit Seattle to seven points. The Rams, they held to nine. Detroit, they, they limited to, to 11 points. And Carolina, just 15. That is elite that is elite, elite, elite stuff. So for Atlanta to come out and just put a thumping on them, 28 points, um, that's pretty impressive. Although I will also say this too, West Coast team traveling to the East Coast, playing on that early slate of games, sometimes that happens. Yeah, sometimes those happen. kind of things do happen. You know what I mean? Because 
I mean, look, these guys are, I mean, they're, they're normal humans. <laughs> you know what I mean, who, who the hell's ready to get knocked, knocked around at 10 AM? Uh, not too many people, you know what I'm saying? So, so that does happen, uh, sometimes when these West coast teams do travel East. So I don't know, but yeah, no, if their defense does take a little bit of a step back or maybe just comes back to more league average. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. they're going to be forced into some more competitive game scripts. And that's exactly what we want to see. Yeah. That's the thing is just their defense is not going to completely fall apart. Cause I think D'Amico Ryan's a good defensive coordinator. Um, right. Can't believe, can't believe the Panthers let him get on the plane. Like, you know, they should have just said, Hey, we're going to go ahead and fire Matt rule after this game. We'll just make you the head coach. Like just take it over midstream, man. Like when the <laughs> Panthers beat the Panthers a few weeks ago. Um, anyways, you yeah, he's done a great job with that defense and they have, despite the fact they just have so many injuries, they still have some good players over there. Right. Um, but you know, I know that Brandon Ayuk a lot. He'll be he'll be discussed as like a sell high, you know, coming off this game because it's sure. his, it's his best game, and I get it. But I also think he's just such a good player, man. And um, I know we're we're very very busy. Like the whole world is trying to wish cast like DJ Moore to another team, and I get it. Like <laughs> DJ Moore is you know in a in the Stone right. Wars situation, but you know I, I'm telling you, man, Brandon Ayuk with any other like team. Uh, he'd be Super going strong. nuts. He's, he's, he's so good. Like, I hope at some point we really – who knows with Trey Lance now, but I hope at some point we get to see that intersect. We'll see. I feel bad for saying this, but it just seems like I don't think Trey Lance is ever going to do anything. I mean, well, how it's many so ye- hard, yeah. How many years has it been since he's actually played full-time football? You know, it's like, I I mean, we see it for like tight ends where like, you know, random basketball players can like step on the field and produce and okay. But you know, that, that's just a natural, like, you know, you you just want to be a, you know, have good hands, big body, be an athlete. Okay, fine. That's not what quarterbacking is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's just so many extra little layers and nuances and, and, you know, um, layers of that onion that you got to peel, man. how many years has it been since Trey Lance has actually played full time football? It'll be like three years, man. Like I, I just don't, I don't know how, I just don't know how you go about doing that. I, it's, it's honestly all up in the air now. Like anything is on the table for, for the 49ers, except, yeah. except I think Jimmy bringing back Jimmy. Like, I think they're, I think they are done with each other in a weird way. And like, now God, are you are you sure though? Are you sure though? Yeah, the way some of the vibes I mean, around like the Jimmy Kyle dynamic has been a little, and you know Kyle having weird dynamics with players is nothing new. But I know, yeah, yeah right. So I, I don't know. I just you know because he's a free agent at the end of the year. That's the thing is like, what are they going to do? Franchise tag him? <laughs> I mean, that, it just that's uh, true. I don't know. That's true. I don't know. But yeah. I mean, but who's gonna but who's gonna give Jimmy G a big contract though? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I could I see the I, Texans. The Texans. Oh, uh, you God. know, there's some there's some Patriots uh, God, contingency no, no, there. No, no, no. Yeah, I know. Right, Nick Casario would love to bring in another Patriot. Oh my God, he'd love it. Uh, but no, I just I can't see it. I want. I just wonder if maybe San Francisco gives him like one of them like one of those disgusting like two year thirty million dollar deals, and does he sign that? You know. Be a bridge quarterback. I mean, you're still taking home 30 mil. <laughs> that's, that's not bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, mean, I just, depends, I wonder. It depends on I how wonder. he plays the rest of the way too. Cause I think we've gotten some like, you know, they've gotten good Jimmy. We've gotten bad Jimmy. Like it just, we know exactly what he is. So yeah, I, I don't know. That's a good question, but I do feel for Trey Lance who, you know, you just look at yeah. the entire, not to go like way off, way off track here, but like you just look at the entire um, 2021 draft class of quarterbacks. And, and it's like, they, this was supposed to be the next group. Like everybody loved that class, you know, headlined by Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Mac Wilson, Jones. Mac Jones. And yeah, um, none of those guys are, like, are any of them good. Like even, even like the Mac Jones yeah. thing is weird, right? Because like Bailey Zappi just came in and looks pretty much. Yeah. And the then the exact same as Mac Jones, except maybe more like creatability. And, and I, you know, you've got like long time, Folks that have been tied to the page, like, you know, Albert Breer saying like, oh yeah, the Bill Belichick kind of wanted to send a notice to Mac Jones and all with this whole Bailey. It's like, wow, really? Like we're, we're at, we're, we're at that point with Mac Jones. Like already you know, Zach, Will- Zach Wilson, we t- dude, Jets fans are pissed at you uh, for what you said. They're the so mad episode. at me. I know yeah, they're mad I know, at, I, 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 I want to firmly stay on the good side with, with Jets fans okay. there, but you know, we'll Fair. see Zach Wilson still in the, we'll see territory. Justin Fields returns, not looking good. And Trevor Lawrence, nope. like. Trevor Lawrence has got, he's got problems. I mean, he, he's, I, 
I'm still in the bag for Trevor Lawrence. I will still, I'll still cape up for him. I think he's got not one of the worst pass catching groups uh, in the NFL that I'll, so I'll still stay in the bag for my dude, Trevor Lawrence, but I totally understand the sentiment that a lot of folks have, which is uh, he ain't it, which is, I get, I get that too. Just, I get it too. He might not be like as, gr- as great a prospect as many, you know, hyped him up to be, but Correct. I think he's still, I think he's showing flashes and what is essentially his rookie year. The only year he's had NFL coaching and yes, dude, I'm with you. The, the, there's a couple like Zay Jones bros, you know, on, on Twitter or whatever. Get a life, man. I mean, Zay Jones, is your outside, outside receiver, Marvin Jones. They, they, they lose Marvin Jones. And they throw life. some Tim Jones out there. Like they've got Jones on Jones on Jones, but they don't have one good outside ball winning wide receiver. You know, it's, ter- I mean, it's terrible. It's like Jamal Agnew was getting like starting reps. Like get it. Stop it. I mean, I again, I go back to the fact that, Trevor Lawrence has somehow, some way, he's a good enough quarterback to make Evan Ingram a an actual thing in the NFL. Like that's how good Trevor Lawrence is. Okay, like so, so stop it. Like he just does not have a good pass catching group. Um, and as you mentioned, this is really his rookie year. You know, yeah. he's kind of sort of figuring things out there. Okay, so we talk about Brandon Ayuk. Uh, we talk about Cortland Sutton, Nico Collins. They're in Houston. This is somebody that I have been intrigued by because I think he shows flashes. I don't think it's there on a consistent basis. And then, you know, some of your numbers also would suggest that, okay, maybe he's got some potential, but what is your kind of in season, you know, tracking found for Nico Collins? I think you've just really hit the, hit the nail on the head. There is that he is, a guy who really flashes. And I mean, he flashes, especially this year, even more so than last year, like the, his last couple of games, um, you know, against the Jaguars, against the chargers, some big time contested catchability. Right. And right. Um, I wonder if that is like, you know, Davis mills getting a little more comfortable, like, you know, Davis mills just getting to a point where like, all right, I just got to throw this thing up to, to Nico <laughs> Collins. Right. Like, there you go. Um, right. I think that might be part of it. And, you know, Nico Collins in the three games I looked at, the Chargers games, the, the Chargers, Jags, and Bears games, I, this guy is like a pure outside receiver. I mean, just yeah. 5.8% snaps in the slot, 0% in the backfield, just all outside X receiver stuff. He really is kind of like a throwback player. You know, I mean, he, he doesn't do any sort of like barely any pre-snap motion, barely any slot work. He is just a pure classic X receiver. Um, and I think he's, I think he's pretty good. I don't know how good Nico Collins is going to be, but some interesting numbers is in the first, um, the, those three games that I mentioned there, 73% success rate versus press, 70.7% success rate versus man. Now his zone cover stuff is not good, but I mean, as a pure X receiver, you're going to want to be winning against press man coverage on the outside. And that is really where Nico Collins wins, you know, really good on, on some in-breaking routes, like the dig, the post, uh, he can definitely get downfield. I don't know, man. I, I remain really, really intrigued on, on Nico Collins. So I know is like widely available in fantasy leagues. You know, there's just still so much opportunity. Um, there's just so much opportunity across the rest of the, across the rest of the roster. Like Brandon cooks has been getting opportunity, not really doing much with it. Nobody else has been getting much burn. And then Nico's kind of taking a step forward the last couple of weeks here to the point that I'm, I'm, you know, kind of looking at him like he might be a guy that you want to stick on the end of your bench and see if he keeps this momentum up. I don't trust myself on Nico Collins because I'm so enamored with these type of players. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. You, <clears throat> yeah. You're like, you can't, you can't, you can't like smoke when you drink because you'll then you'll be like having five, you know, a pack a day type of this. That's your that's you with Nico Collins. It is. It's like this is the guy that like I I tend to fall in love with, even if they're not like really good. Like again, this is the type of, like like a Devontae Parker. Like I look at Devontae Parker oh, yeah. and I'm like, oh god. Like in his prime, I'm like, oh, I love me some Devontae Parker. But no, Nico Collins, 6'4, 215 pounds. He ran a 4440 at his pro day at Michigan. And he has put on some real serious, like highlight style catches, right? Yeah. It's just that it's just not that consistent. So that's why I'm like, I don't know how to trust myself uh, evaluating Nico Collins because I know I fall in love with these kind of like big, athletic, you know, contested catch X receivers. Um, that's my that's my jam. 
nobody loves a big time X receiver and disrespects a big slot receiver more than James Coe. That is hundred percent, a hundred percent for sure. Um, yeah, no, next I know two my games blind for- spots though. I know my blind spots. <laughs> next two games for Nico Collins Raiders this coming week. And then the Titans after that, those are two pretty decent matchups. So I feel like we'll get a real sense for Nico Collins and where he is. And, you know, I also think too, that this Texans team coming out of their bye week, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and tell you the Texans are good. I'm not going to sit here and tell you like, Oh, this is really going to come together for the Texans, but they do have like, they need just young guys stepping up, right? They need young guys like Nico Collins and Damian Pierce, especially. And I mean, Holy hell, how good does Damian Pierce look, man? He looks incredible. He looks so good to the point that it's like, Oh, if they make him the offensive focal point, their identity, then like, we can start seeing other guys step up because they have right. more of a clear cut direction. So that's my thing with these younger players, especially on bad teams. Like it might kind of come together in the middle, later point of the point of the season. I feel like we're kind of getting there with Nico Collins. And you know, I just, I'm a little concerned that like Brandon cooks just hasn't been playing that well this year. Mm. And, and, and that makes me just wonder too, like, you know, older player speed based guy. I don't think Brandon cooks right. ever been like an elite, elite route runner. Um, you know, a good player, not great player. Um, and, and that, so I'm sort of just keep my eye on that while also like, okay, Nico Collins is just, if you're a bad passing offense, like if you're and you're Davis mills, like, and you see him winning on these opportunities, these contested catch, get James go, uh, you know, six to midnight type of type of situation there for, for, yeah. uh, for on the, on the outside, like, why would you not just keep throwing it up to Nico Collins? I, I would. I, I don't know. I think he's. I called him like kind of a poor man's T. Higgins type of player coming into coming oh, into this year. And I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, still feel like one. he can. Yeah, he <clears throat> compares like that because T. Higgins is another guy who's like they don't move him around. Priest. I mean, they kind of done it a little bit this year, even more so than they did with Jamar Chase. But like he's just like a classic throwback receiver, and I feel like Nico Collins fits in that archetype. It's just that the they're throwing so many low percentage balls, you know. Um, yeah. Nico Collins has a has a what a a fifty four percent catch rate, and uh, Brandon Cooks has a fifty seven percent catch rate. There's just not Davis man, Mills not, not good. a lot of like. Not good. <laughs> well, he's not ideal. No, no. He, no. You know what Davis Mills is? He's like a he's like a really he's that backup quarterback you definitely 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 want on your team. You know what I mean? But he's just not yeah. a good starter. I don't I right. don't think. Like it's the same. Well, all these backup quarterbacks, it's the same thing with, I mean, how it goes with Cooper rush, right? Like eventually mm-hmm. they have a game, you know, things can be going really, really well. And then the longer they play, the more they get exposed. Um, you know, right. I look at Davis mills against the Eagles on Sunday night. It's like, yep, that, that game was coming. I don't care about you know, every idiot on like a ESPN <laughs> show. Like, is there a quarterback controversy in Dallas? Like, no. Cause at some point I Cooper love rush is going to, I love that you transposed Cooper Rush and Davis Mills' name together. It's like you you hit it right on the head. They're they're the same yeah. guy. They're the right. Cooper Rush, Davis Mills, same guy. Yeah, for 100%. sure. Um, but yeah, no, I this archetype of player does lend itself too to low percentage passes, which I mean right. definitely like a uh, um a low percentage ball winning X receiver with a bad quarterback on not an ideal good new passing team is definitely not what you want. So I'm, I'm sensitive <laughs> to, while I'm saying like, I'm excited about Nico yeah. Collins, a player, this is right. really not the atmosphere you want. You want that guy, right? You want this guy playing with Justin Herbert. You want this guy playing. Oh, yeah. you know, you know, obviously, I mean, you want everybody would be great to play with, with Josh Allen, but I'm just saying like, you even like prime Russell Wilson or Joe Burrow or something like that. You want him playing with the, one of those type of aggressive quarterbacks. I mean, even freaking Aaron Rodgers, you know, would throw it up to this guy. Right. But um, even to a lesser degree, even Daniel Jones, like Danny dimes is a oh, really yeah. nice deep ball. And like, you telling me this, this, that's what this giants offense needs. They need somebody, anybody. Well, they need anybody to catch a damn ball. Cause they have no healthy receivers, but I mean, can somebody, anyone, Wandale, <laughs> baby, no, but I mean, can they get a big X receiver? Galladay obviously is just, he's, he's retired. He just doesn't know it, you know? Um, uh, he, and, <laughs> he's the only one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Galladay's he's, he's toast. It, it's, it's over for, for Galladay. Um, and yeah, so no, I, like imagine, you know, they get Galladay out of there. Nico Collins fitting into that system would be great. That'd be great. It'd be great for him. It'd be great for Daniel Jones. It'd be great for the Giants, too. Anyway. How about, I mean, Nico Collins on the damn Jags. We just talked about how they they need a ball-winning exorcist on the yeah. outside, like Nico Collins on the Jags. I mean, none of this matters. It's not what anybody cares about in the middle of the season, but, nope. like, still. Um, yeah, no, just really, you know, and I, I know no, literally no fan base is like, yeah, get, 
bring me Nico Collins and we're going to the Super Bowl. But I'm just saying he's a pretty good player. Um, and I, I'm, I'm going to keep tracking the rest of the season just to just there keep an eye on This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Reception Perception, the show. James Cole and Matt Harmon. All right, let's talk about some of your rankings here, okay? You, you, you release one of these every week and... Um, you know, there's mild shakeups here and there every now and again, but I, I just wanted to kind of touch base with you uh, on your rankings here and, and focus in on, on a couple different position groups. Um, I want to talk to you about Sky Moore, and, and the reason I say that is because I think Juju has played okay. I just don't yeah. know if he's played great, um, and obviously he is the Kansas City's primary slot receiver. I don't think, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Sky Moore uh, can kick outside to any degree. Um, and I think he needs, again, Juju to kind of sort of get out of the way before anything happens there with Sky Moore. Now, tell me if I'm wrong there, A, and then B, you know, what do you kind of see projecting forward a role for Sky Moore in that Kansas City offense? It's tough because I love Sky Moore, the player, right? I, I think he re- he's a really, really good player. Um, one of my favorites from the draft, like one of my favorite of the non-tier one, tier two type of guys in this right. past year's draft class. Um, but I, I kind of disagree with you about the, about the slot stuff, because okay. I think when you look at um, when you just, when you just look at uh, the way he beat press man coverage, and I know the first thing everybody says, you post anything about sky more get press man coverage success rate. Well, look at the level of competition. <laughs> I know where he played. I know. But what do you want a guy to do at lower level of competition? You don't want to be dominate. like, wow, look, right. you look at the 70th percentile or 60th percentile success rate versus man. Like, no, you want him to go out there and have like a 75, but like the full on 86th percentile, 90th percentile type success rate stuff. And you know what Sky Moore did? That, okay? He went out there and dominated, dominated that low level of competition. I'm not saying like, oh, he's better than Jamison Williams because his success rates are higher. No, I'm just saying in his individual, like his individual game, freaking rocks. That's where Sky Moore is. I think Sky Moore is their best man coverage beating receiver on the Kansas City Chiefs. And Patrick Mahomes, we t- we talked about this with uh, Alex Gelhar a couple episodes ago. Patrick Mahomes, and this is still true, has faced more dropbacks against man coverage than any other quarterback in the NFL, which is a complete reversal of the way teams right. played him last year when he faced a ton of zone coverage. Um, and obviously, it's we know why they're doing it. It's because teams don't respect the receivers that they're rolling out right now. And we know why, if we are if we look at reception perception data, Juju is a good player, good zone beater, never been a good press man coverage beater, right? We know that. Last year, third worst success rate burst man coverage. Um, MBS, I mean, geez, MBS, uh, oh my God. Seventh worst <laughs> success rate burst man coverage player, and he can only run two routes. Nines yes. and corners. That's I it. Know. Maybe a post route every now and again. So um, With shaky hands. Good Lord. Yeah. He's got a little, he got unlucky last week that he had, did have a touchdown. It got called back. Not, not to anything due to his own, but so I'm not going to totally bag on the guy, but he's a role player. I think Juju even is a role player, but um, you know, you, the interesting thing you mentioned about the slot stuff, you just look on the balance of the season. Um, Juju and McCole uh, Hardman's slot rates are actually pretty close. Like, just if you look on the balance of the season, Nicole Hardman leads the team in percentage of snaps from the slot at 46%. Um, Juju, 43.5% on the year. But then, like, the longer the year's gone on, if you if you just sort it from week five 
mm-hmm. 58.5%, 58.5% snaps in the slot for McCole Hardman, 47.6% for Sky Moore. Those are the two highest on the team since week five. And Juju's down at 36 or 38.6%, which I think you could argue is not the best use for Juju Smith-Schuster, but that might be, I think that's the guy who's starting to lose playing time to Sky Moore because Sky Moore's involvement is ticking up slowly but surely, which I think we all expect. Like Tyree Kill came on a slow burn when he was a rookie. McCole Hardman came on as a slow burn when he was a rookie for this team. They're bringing Sky Moore, who did come from a lower level of competition, along slow, and I think right. he's starting to eat into McCole Hardman's snaps. Um, you know, 22.2% targets per route run the last since week five for Sky Moore. When he's on the field, they're getting him involved. I would love to just see McCole just kind of disappear yeah. from this. I, I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure what he brings to the table uh, from a Kansas city perspective. Um, again, I, I know he's got that unbelievable speed, which is great, but I, <laughs> I don't think he utilized the speed too well. Yeah. They, um, but like, they I, have I a think, speed guy. They have MBS is their right. Speed exactly. Guy. MBS is already, guy. is already their speed guy. He's already their downfield threat. Um, I think Juju, I think fits very nicely uh, in there as a slot and is able to kind of alleviate some of that slot pressure actually away from Travis Kelsey, which is why Travis Kelsey, in my opinion, has been able to get the looks that he gets because you do have to account for two inside guys. And, and, and the great thing about what Andy Reed has done is that he doesn't overlap what they're their what they do. You know, they both yeah. attack different parts of the field at different times in, on the same play. Um, and you, and the defenses have to account for that. Uh, now, again, the A dot for Patrick Mahomes has obviously come down significantly with Tyreek Hill in, in South Beach. But, I mean, tell me that this offense still doesn't look amazing. It still looks great. I know. That's why it's like you're sitting here. We're picking nits with these receivers. Mahomes is still great. They still have Travis Kelsey. Like, the reason that Aaron Rodgers looks like he's, you know, lost in the wilderness without Devontae Adams and, you know, Patrick Mahomes is still cruising without Tyree Kills because – Patrick Holmes still has Travis, Travis Kelsey, right? And like, these are, I, I also think it's <laughs> and crazy. And Andy Reid, for sure. Yeah. That and Andy Reid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, And, and you know, Mahomes is okay if somebody goes in motion on a play. Apparently Aaron Rodgers <laughs> I know, hates, right? exactly. hates that now. He's, he's like Big Ben. Don't put me in motion. Don't any of that stuff. So, um, yeah, whatever. Anyways, like, I think when you just look at this team, they do need more from somebody to beat man coverage. I think sky Moore is that player and I think okay. we'll see more of him. So I did bump him up in the rest of the season rankings. I bumped him into a new tier. Uh, they're, you know, kind of in the group of guys that, that, you know, you don't have to roster D- tier eight, like Nico Collins, Jahan Dotson, Isaiah McKenzie, chase Claypool, like that group of guys, like sort of fringe roster players, but you should, but he's moving up by the way. Just one, one last thing people yeah. out there. So, so like, what Sky Moore must not be good if they're playing Juju and MVS ahead of him. It's like you idiots. They signed these guys to like contracts in the off season. Like veteran deference is a real thing. Yeah. He's a rookie. Yeah. Like, and they gave MVS money. They gave Juju money. Like I don't, that is, it's tough. I don't know that like he's going to take MVS's job or take Juju's job or something like that, but um, he can get in there and earn more targets than those guys. Cause he's just, he might be better. Like I think, I think Juju is a guy and, and MVS is, like a fringe guy. Um, and I think more could be better than that. <laughs> like I said, I would love to see, I, I still think Juju's got something going. Me too. Um, yeah. And I think, I think, I think Kansas city would be smart to figure out if you guys. And again, I don't know enough about sky more. Uh, trust me. I, I did not sit there, sit down and watch a ton of Western Michigan tape. Okay. I'm just saying, but I what, trust life or something, <laughs> but I trust guys like yourself, uh, that have been, you know, hyperbolic almost really with Sky Moore and saying that they, they really like what they see. Um, and if he's, and if he can beat man, listen, bro, listen, bro. Like, can he just keep Juju on the field? Keep Kelsey on the field, find a way to get Sky Moore on the field, get me out of here, get MVS out of here. Like if he <laughs> yeah. starts, if he starts eating into their snaps, ain't nobody going to be mad at that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. 
Yeah. Let, let's figure out a way. You know, Patrick Mahomes, like you're a God. If you're, you're this offense is this good. You are this good. And there are two like enough already players. And like, we're definitely at enough already territory <laughs> with MVS. We've been at enough, ter- enough already territory yeah. with, uh, with McCole Hardman. So yeah, you know, you're a baller when you can do that. Yeah, exactly. So uh, again, if Sky Moore can, uh, can eat into their snap share, man, I think everyone, everybody would be happy. Kansas city fans, uh, fantasy fans and and yeah because let's make it happen let's go let's keep it going that would be great uh by the way it's funny because sometimes I, I just talk to you about stuff and that's what this podcast really is it's like such a little hybrid of like fantasy and just like real life football because i don't know it's like you and i talk about fantasy all day long and and do that kind of stuff and then when we get into this space it's like it's fun because we get to actually chop up just like regular old football too on top of the fantasy yeah. aspects as well. And that's kind of why I want to bring up Sky Moore because I'm very intrigued by his prospects in what should be a great offense with a great coordinator, uh, uh, excuse me, a great quarterback and a great coach. Uh, Sky is the limit for Sky Moore. Okay, um, want to talk very quickly about some of the, the running backs you got here. Okay, so uh, in this uh, tier three and four, you've got Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, uh, Baby beast mode uh, in Damian Pierce, and then Najee Harris has fallen all the way down. I, I'm going, with, I'm going with uh, baby beast mode there with Damian Pierce. By the way, I like it. I like it. I mean, he didn't he have some more like broken tackles in a game than ever in like Pro Football Focus history or something like that. A couple of yeah, some game like before the buy, some crazy stuff. Um, I mean, Jesus, he he had like four broken tackles in one play. So I mean, that that, that makes yeah, a lot of sense. Yeah, he's nuts. Uh, he's a good player. I mean, this whole tier three of guys, it's. You know, especially the players not named Najee Harris. It's like Brees Hall, Ken Walker, Damian Pierce, Josh Jacobs, you know, Ramondre Stevenson even. Uh, You know, you could argue, like I could hear an argument that you want those guys as running back ones the rest of the way. Um, You talked about the schedule for Brees Hall. Um, I think that's a little concerning, but shoot, like, if you fell into these guys, your 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 team is very good in fantasy because oh, all of these life. guys, oh yeah, it's, even Josh Jacobs, who you know, it was totally disrespect. Like literally every fantasy analyst except Andy Barons owes Josh Jacobs a huge apology this year. Because <laughs> Andy was like the only one that was going out on a limb, I think, to defend um, damn Josh Jacobs. But this whole group of guys, just I think they I think they could be within the top ten players of the position you know, by the end of the year. And I mean, I don't know who I, I definitely am kind of conservative with, with these rest of season rankings. Like, you know, I still have Aaron Jones, Deandre Swift, Alvin Kamara ahead of them. Um, but you know, it's, it's really not that big of a gap, like tier, the, the, the guys at the back half of tier two and the guys in the early part of tier three are, are pretty similar, but, um, just obviously the longer you see it, the more you feel better about it with these rookies. But yeah, these guys are, they're going to be big values, all, all of them. Hall, Walker, Pierce, Jacob, Stevenson, and you know Miles Sanders and Najee Harris. I have in the same tier, but you know they're, they're kind of like I think running back twos with with more upside if things break the right way. But things are breaking the right way for the first four names. I, I four or five names I listed there, not Najee Harris, obviously. Yeah, in terms of being conservative, I think with uh, some of these running back groups, I, I think I think that's right, right? Because like I think we can sit here and say Najee Harris probably belongs. In the RB tier three, I think he belongs there. But if you were to say, okay, would you rather have Najee Harris or, and then you list about five or six dudes in, in tier four, I think you would rather have those guys, right? So um, I'm not saying really? it's wrong I, to yeah, put Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'd rather have CEH than Najee Harris. I'm just, I'm worried oh, about the God, foot. Uh, I mean, again, better off. I mean, you're you're the king of of opening my eyes to like you know offensive you know ecosystems impacting running backs, dude. You yeah, but I mean? it would like, but it would but it would be nice if they could they were using just Ceh, but they're not. You know, in in right. in Kansas City, like that's the yeah. thing is, they're, Jared they're McKinnon like a, is like leading the snaps. Jesus Christ! I know, I know, I know. Pacheco looks pretty good anytime he gets he out does. there. But yeah, everybody in Tier Four, you know, and and it's a it's a big growing group. You know, like. It's CEH all the way down to like Brian Robinson and James Conner. They're all like kind of startable running backs in the right spots, but you don't feel a hundred. Every one of them has a major wart, I think, on their, um, you know, on their profile. Guys like Travis Etienne are in this tier that I think could could jump out of it, but he's got to like totally ice James Robinson, and I don't see him totally icing James Robinson. Right. You know, both Dallas backs are in that group. They've obviously got 
they're they're splitting the workload. Um, Brian Robinson, like a lot of concerns there too. Daryl Henderson, how long is he going to hold up in this group? David Montgomery is in tier four. And it's like, now they've got the bears saying they're going to go with the the hot hand approach. So I think, first of all, first of all, what was I telling you in Chicago? This coaching staff is inept. (laughs) They are not, it doesn't matter how much game tape they've seen on, on freaking David Montgomery um, versus Khalil Herbert. They're going to go right back to David Montgomery. And that's exactly what they did. It's maddening. Eberflus needs to be arrested. Like he needs to be arrested. arrested. (laughs) Like, dude, how could you see this small sample? How could you see the sample size with, with Khalil Herbert and not just immediately give him the starting job? It's absolute just crazy talk, man. Like, and that's why I'm saying like when David Montgomery was coming back, I was like, I said it on this podcast. I said it on my show on direct. I was like, I guarantee you, Eberflus is going to give David Montgomery that starter gig back, and he's going to get that 70% snap share because Eberflus needs to be arrested. <laughs> like, it is criminal negligence is what is happening in Chicago. Stop it with David Montgomery. He needs to be, like, on the 35% side of that backfield split. It's absolute madness that he's getting 70 75%. Just crazy. Absolute craziness. Okay, sorry. Rant over. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, James just sent a man to prison. I, I don't. I don't know how to follow that up. But yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Khalil Herbert obviously has more juice. That's that's for sure. Uh, I'm actually I'm actually happy to see that you uh, went aggressive. Actually, in my opinion, with with Daryl Henderson, I think you're probably more aggressive with Daryl Henderson than than consensus. I would imagine having him there, uh, right there with this with a pretty you know pretty solid group of Ceh David Montgomery Ezekiel Elliott. Travis Etienne. Yeah, like I said, all these guys you could start in fantasy. It's just they have a significant wart or or two. Right. Um, for for Daryl Henderson, you know, the running game has not been good in LA, pretty much no matter who trots out there. The talk about you some offensive ecosystems, that might be just a bad, bad offensive ecosystem this year. Right. The line the is line. bad. Yeah. Henderson always, like by hook or by crook, loses his job. Whether it's injuries, <laughs> right. whether whether somebody right. else just one way or another. Henderson has a good stretch and then he loses his job. Now Akers is out. He's out of LA, right? Yeah. I don't know who the hell is trading for Cam Akers. That still is like no one. Nobody, right? <laughs> no, you know, I mean, absolutely no. <laughs> then again, I said nobody was trading for Robbie Anderson, and hey, they're the Arizona Cardinals. Just yeah. one receiver away, one more receiver, one more one receiver more. will do Let's it. Keep one going. more will do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I don't know about uh about Cam Akers, but I do know he's done in LA, and I I um probably gotta add him somewhere in this group like I think maybe running back tier eight but you know Kyron Williams rookie running back there I think is a guy worth keeping an eye on because I think he was going to run ahead of Cam Akers as the RB2 in week one had um had old old uh you know not yeah like an injury on the special team right right? oh buddy Mm -hmm. Kyron Williams so when he gets off IR I think he's someone that could end up being a um a big time contributor for this team and potentially like taking Daryl Henderson's job at some point or just outright mixing in with it. Yeah. He's an interesting one, right? Like he's more of a, I think he's a little bit more of a grinder. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess I'm confused by the, the love affair uh, that Sean McVay and the coaching staff has really said really nice things about Kyron Williams. Uh, I guess I'm just confused because if they want to run outside zone and listen, guys, this team they need to hit that outside zone for play action to be effective. And that a lot of this offense um, is predicated on that, right? Like they have to establish some kind of running game or at least be, I guess I shouldn't say established cause that's so like frowned upon now, but like, <laughs> no, listen, like, we're taking, we're taking football back from the nerds. Um, yeah, okay. We can establish perfect. The run. Okay, good. I don't Austin even know. They need Smith. To, yes, exactly. Um, but they need to be productive in the run game. That's what I want to say. They need to be productive. And can a guy with four, six, five speed really stretch it to the outside? I guess I'm just not sure. I think he'll have a role, obviously, especially inside the twenties. Man, uh, I'm I'm a little bit hesitant there. And I wasn't enamored with his game tape either, but what the hell do I know? I mean, if uh, if the coaching staff there in L.A. likes him, then I'm sure he's good. <laughs> you know what I well, mean? He's so, allegedly a great pass protector. And, I mean, shoot, this team could that would help somebody oh who my can pass God. protect. Yeah. Yes, absolutely, 100%. All right, so there you go. Uh, by the way, if you want to see the rest of Matt Harmon's uh, rankings, obviously go to the website, receptionperception.com. But our time runs short, Matt. Uh, we've got, uh, what, Thursday night football by the time people hear this will be happening on later on today uh in a beautiful 
beautiful setup here in week number seven with us uh, i say this uh tongue-in-cheek because man some of the most big time offenses <laughs> yeah, are on the sideline man yeah man some big <laughs> fantasy players like hey listen if you're if your team is wrecked by bye weeks this week congratulations you drafted a great team yeah that's a very good point um but yeah no there's a there's a lot of hand-wringing in the fantasy streets this week gonna have to find some bi-week villains no doubt about it fantasy scoring i saw a stat is down all across the board yep. as well uh so yeah uh if you have gotten by man you you have just gotten by on scraps and you know what that's the kind of fantasy world i like to live in you gotta fight you gotta claw you gotta bleed and sweat tears man uh, to That's win in right. these fantasy streets. Let's go. Uh, anyways, I hope everyone has a great week seven. For Matt Harmon, I am James Go. We'll see you.